You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news, sports, and weather coverage throughout the day. It's absolutely free. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama Sports, and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Gary Harris Show for this uh, Wednesday, February 21, 2024. And uh, we're ready to rock and roll this morning. I'm Gary Harris. I've got Justin Jones, my main man, right there on the other side of the glass. The First Domain Condos Hotline, 205-342-9904. we got a jam-packed show on tap for you today. And uh, we're going to run it down here for you in just a second. First, though, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. I encourage you to find out more about Alabama Credit Union and all the advantages that it has over a traditional banking institution. All you have to do is uh, go to alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Or get by and see them at one of their nearly 40 locations around the state of Alabama in the panhandle of Florida. Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. As I said, wide open today. Uh, we've been a little short on guests here lately. That's not the case today. We're packed with a good guest beginning at 930 with uh, Matt Coulter on NASCAR. Then at 10 o'clock, Karen Johns talking college softball, including the Clearwater Invitational over the weekend and last week, uh, event that she worked for uh, ESPN. And then at 1030, Bart Heitch on hoops. So <clears throat> busy, busy show. A lot of good topics to talk about this morning here on the program. So if you want to get involved, as I said, First Domain Condos hotline here in hour number one at 205-342-9904. All right, we're ready to rock and roll. Justin, let's go ahead and start them off with some Wednesday morning headlines here on the Gary Harris Show. Well, last week I told you that Tuscaloosa County High School was hiring Miles Holcomb as its new head football coach. And after being approved by the County Board of Education, County High introduced Miles yesterday. Uh, coach Miles Holcomb, uh, last evening. Coach Holcomb has five years experience as a head coach. He was at Crossville in 2016 and 2017 and then was an assistant at Hoover in 2018 and 2019. He was the offensive coordinator at Alpharetta High School in Georgia in 2020 before becoming the head coach at Southside in 2021. He's a career record 26 and 28, but uh, this past season went eight and two in the regular season, won the region championship at Southside High School in Gadsden and, um, made it to the Class 6A state playoffs. He told our Juliet Brown that uh, at, from WVA 23 last night that he's focused on building <coughs> relationships and says winning will come, but relationships are what should be first and foremost in the program. He said, quote, I think what we do in our program is about building relationships. It's about putting impact over achievement and what can they do to find a way to get better every single day. And so that's going to be the focus so uh, we'll be talking to Coach Holcomb here soon on WVUA 23. I will uh, assure you of that. I mean, on on uh, Tide 100.9 FM, we talked to him last night, obviously, on WVUA 23. <coughs> so I've got it covered on both sides. Well, Alabama football head coach Kalen DeBoer announced the hiring of Nick Sheridan 
and Jamarcus Shepard on Tuesday to lead the Crimson Tide's offensive staff. Sheridan will serve as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, while Shepard will be an assistant head coach, co-offensive coordinator, and wide receivers coach. Both men coach with DeVore at the University of Washington. The college football playoff board of managers yesterday unanimously revised the qualifying criteria for the 12-team event to now include the five highest-ranked conference champions, plus the next seven highest-ranked teams as determined by the CFP Selection Committee. <clears throat> this change uh, modifies the original plan, which called for the bracket each year to include the sixth highest-ranked conference champions, plus the next six highest-ranked teams. Under the 12-team playoff format that begins this fall, the four highest-ranked conference champions will be seated one through four in each will receive a first round bye while teams seated five through 12 will play each other in the first round on the home field of the higher ranked team. Alabama baseball yesterday afternoon looking to follow up its sweep of Manhattan over the weekend with a midweek win over Middle Tennessee and Bama got it six to one. Alabama will host Alabama State. This afternoon at 4 o'clock at the Joe. Uh, some bad news, though, for Alabama baseball. Sophomore pitcher Riley Quick, who uh, started Saturday's game against Manhattan, underwent Tommy John surgery on Tuesday night in Birmingham. He is lost for the season. That is a big blow for the Alabama pitching staff. Of course, uh, high school basketball, regional tournament action continues. And the uh, Hillcrest girls are going to the state championship semifinals for the second year in a row. They're headed to the final four. They beat uh, Pelham yesterday 57-42 in the Central Regional 6A Girls Final over at Bill Harris Arena to advance on to the uh, state championship tournament. They'll play a week from this morning, Wednesday, February 28th at 9 a.m., at the Legacy Arena, they'll take on powerhouse Hazel Green. So um, congratulations to the Hillcrest girls. Uh, on the national scene, college basketball, UConn, as good as they are, and they are the reigning national champions, and they had won 14 games in a row, they can't win on the road against the right team. Number 15, Creighton, blew them out last night in Omaha, 85-66. And I'm trying to look it up, Justin, but I think that's 19 losses in a row. Yeah, it was the Huskies' 19th straight road loss to a ranked opponent. Their last win over a ranked opponent on the road was March 13, 2014, 10 years ago, when they beat Memphis. So... UConn, I think, is the best team in the country. I think they're the favorite to win the national championship again this year. But uh, Dan Hurley, the head coach, said it. Quote, it kind of felt like we just ran into a buzzsaw there. So, you know, it is what it is. Basketball tonight, you've got Alabama at home taking on Florida. That's a 6 p.m. tip on ESPN2. Now, be leery. And what I mean by that is this Florida team is playing very, very well. They're big. They're physical. We know Alabama has had some issues with those types of teams. So that's something to keep an eye on tonight with Alabama and Florida. Can the tide 
match up inside against the Gators with Alabama's four-game lineup. Again, that's a 6 p.m. tip. Coleman Coliseum, ESPN2. Also tonight, Georgia's at Vanderbilt. Kentucky's at LSU. <coughs> and Ole Miss is at Mississippi State. Last night, we almost had a shocker in Como. But Tennessee rallied to beat Missouri. That's right. Beat winless Missouri. Missouri hasn't won a game in the SEC. Tennessee wins at 72-67. to And Arkansas goes into College Station and beats A&M 78-71. All of a sudden, the Aggies are reeling. That's three losses in a row. All right, it's understandable to lose on the road at Alabama. But to lose <coughs> to Vanderbilt like they did last week in Nashville, then lose at home to Arkansas? Ouch. I mean, Buzz Williams' team better get on it. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament. That was a bad loss last night for the Aggies at home against an Arkansas team that has been awful. And uh, as we said, Tennessee had its hands full but gets the win. Had Missouri upset Tennessee, that would have been the biggest upset in college basketball this year. Missouri hasn't won a game in the SEC. But they, uh, they had the lead in that game. With, uh, I want to say six or seven minutes to go and uh, Tennessee rallies to get the win and um, avoids what would have been an embarrassing upset loss on the road. All right, that's a check of headlines. We're off and running. It's 914. Matt Coulter on NASCAR coming up at the bottom of the hour. And uh, your phone calls in the next segment are welcome on the First to Main Condos hotline, 205-342-9904. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC. Download the app, Tide 109 app, and also you can listen at Tide109.com. We'll be back after this. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9, brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and is brought to you by Kaneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947 and the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at ConecuhSausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Thursday's episode of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we'll be joined by Alabama softball outfielder Jenna Johnson. Oh, yeah, I do love this time of the year because January is all about us playing each other. So once we finally hit February, we finally get to play somebody else. And it's really fun to be able to put all the pieces together and have the team out there hitting the ground running. And it's just it's an exciting time. Preseason, everybody starts batting a thousand. So that's a fun time just to get the season rolling and um, just not worry about the stats. Just get out there, play some softball and get the preseason going. They're gritty, man. I tell you, there's a lot of new faces on this team, but it has been exciting to see everybody get together. And um, this season really is all about grit. You know, we've got a big pitching staff. We've got six pitchers, a lot of new faces to that staff, too. And it's going to look a little bit different than having Montana in years past. I'll have more in moments. Favorite jeans, favorite shirt. Got Kaneka sausage and I'm firing it up. Yeah, everybody knows how to get my grill on. Smell that flavor up and down the road. It's a little taste of heaven. Everybody knows. That's how I get my grill on. Kanaka sausage. It's just a little taste of heaven. <laughs> 
Join us today for Crimson Tide Baseball at 4 p.m. Central as Alabama host Alabama State at Sewell Thomas Stadium. The event will feature a non-competitive three-mile walk and a survivor's pathway. To register and to get more details, log on to TuscaloosaHeartWalk.org. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another big warm-up today. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 69. Tonight, mostly fair with the low at 48. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy and mild. The chance of a shower by afternoon. Rain more likely tomorrow night, the high 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. Nine eighteen. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. 205-342-9904. That's the number on the First Amendment Condos hotline. If you want to give us a ring, uh, we would love to hear from you. In the meantime, uh, we promoted it yesterday. Ryan Fowler had uh, Alabama head football coach Kalen DeVore on his show yesterday afternoon on the game here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC and uh, did a long, uh, in-depth interview with, uh, with coach and, uh, We've got, uh, while we got some time here in this segment, we're going to run a few clips from it. We're going to start out with, uh, of course, quarterback is the most important position on the field. And um, this is Kalen DeBoer talking about being a quarterback in his offensive system from the game yesterday afternoon with Ryan Fowler. Here's uh, Coach DeBoer on being a quarterback in his system. Uh, you know, again, we'll adjust to whatever that quarterback uh, skill set is. Um, certainly a guy that can deliver the ball uh, to the skill uh, around him. Um, I think, you know, there's 11 players in the football field, uh, both sides of the ball. And I think you want to maximize each and every position, uh, you know, and, and that can be done in different ways. Um, and so, you know, what I what I would hope we can be is, a, is that team that, um, you know, can can deliver the ball to uh, all our skill positions. Uh, you know, and also, you know, I think uh, you look at the different skill sets that we have, and, and obviously everyone looks at Jalen and sees his ability to uh, be mobile, run the football. Um, you know, that's an added weapon. Uh, but uh, you know, that also makes everyone around him better, and because uh, extra eyes are in the backfield, and so uh, you know that's. There's a lot of different ways that it can go, but I think, you know, you need a guy that's poised, a guy that, um, you know, just uh, when the big moments come, um, is confident and his teammates feel that. And so I think there's uh, there's things that you do as a as a quarterback beyond the skill set, um, and just in leading the football team, you know, and uh, that just comes through repetitions, confidence, um, great preparation, um, you know, be, being that guy that uh, brings it every single day, every single moment. Um, you know, and, and the team just feeding off of them. All right, that's Coach DeBoer from the uh, game yesterday afternoon talking about quarterback play. Let's jump out right now on the First Domain Condos hotline. we got Robbie with us uh, this morning. Hey, Robbie. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing good, man. Good. Yeah, just when you just announced that about uh, Quick having the arm out for the season with the arm, sir, that's, that's disappointing. I mean, Very, it's part of baseball, yeah, but I hate he it. Yeah, he was primed to have a big year. He started uh, – the Saturday game against Manhattan looked like he was going to be a staple of the weekend rotation. And uh, as you know, um, 
that's uh, that's always a risk for pitchers. But boy, just uh, they were completely healthy, and now all of a sudden, you know, one series in, they've lost one of their weekend starters. Yeah, one that I was, like I said, looking forward to. I thought he was going to be our Saturday starter for sure, and uh, big arm, big guy. And I was glad he stuck around and didn't take a nil deal, transfer portal anywhere, and and, uh, and now he's gone. So I hate that. But I was impressed with a couple of arms I saw last night. Um, couple big kids mm-hmm. uh, throwing. So, you know, next man up, I guess, and we'll find out how today because they'll throw a couple <coughs> more pitchers today. Yeah, it's a good-looking club. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about it. 25 years since Alabama's been to Omaha, which is just mind-blowing to me. But, um, you know, they came within a win last year of going, and I think this team's got potential. Doesn't mean they're going to make it, as, you know, we can talk about with the Final Four in basketball. I mean, you can have a Final Four caliber team and not go, and you can have a College World Series caliber team and not make it. Only eight make it. But uh, I think this team has a has a chance. I think they've got enough talent on hand um, maybe to make a run. And, it, you know, it sure be nice to get back there. When I was, you know, when you look back at Coach Wells' era and they were going, I think, three times in four years. And, and um, you know, you just never envisioned there'd be a 25-year gap between – going to the College World Series, but that's where they're at now. And, and of course, Coach Wells had some teams, as you know, um, very well in the early 2000s and even in the mid-2000s that were great teams um, that just didn't make it. So, yeah, it, it, it is. It takes a lot of luck. I mean, there's so many good teams out there. I mean, LSU's done it so many years. It, it's, it's, it's fun to watch, though. Last year was a great time. I mean, the team was good. Pitching was good. And they made a good run at it. Just you know, ran into Wake Forest. Um so, yeah, it'll be fun this year to see a bunch of new players. They look good, look scrappy, got some team speed. McCants, you know, switching over yeah. from Ole Miss and coming out playing well, running hard. They're striking out a little more than I want them to, but that's early in the season. Um, you know, put the bat on the ball. But, uh, you know, SEC is going to be tough this year. Yeah, I mean, quick Florida loss. And, but the good news is, you know, a lot of times these guys – come back stronger and throw with more velocity after they have Tommy John. Of course, you know, we won't yep. see him now until next season, but um, tough break for the Tide. Hey, good to hear from you, Robbie. Good to hear from Gary. Good talking right. to you. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. All right, let's keep it rolling here with uh, Tom here on the First Domain Condos Hotline. Good morning, Tom. Hey, what's up? What's you not good? Oh, another day in paradise. I got the... Uh... You know, I listened. Uh, well, actually, I didn't listen. I read the uh, interview with Coach DeBoer with Ryan. And, you know, he didn't let out anything that nobody ever knew. i tell you what I'm disappointed with, though. I want to get your take on this. Quit asking coaches about expectations, okay? That is, that is so, I don't know. I, I, I could say a word I'm not going to, but just quit asking them that because behind that question is, well, we expect you to win a national championship. You know, uh, that, 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 you've got to drop that because that that's a farce. It's a joke. You should be doing things to encourage him. Don't throw those kind of questions on his plate. It's so dumb to do that. And, and, and the interview didn't let us know anything that we didn't already know, did it? You know, I didn't get to listen to it uh, because I was at I was at work, you know, getting ready for the five o'clock sports while he was on. But uh, you know, most of the time, coaches though, Tom, you know how they are. They're they're not going to try to you know give you any any, any groundbreaking um, 
news when they're when they're doing an interview. But uh, we're going to run some more clips from it this morning when we have a when we have a chance. But um, you know, it's um, I mean, it was good get for Ryan to get him on. You know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll say that right off the bat, and I hope I can have him on it at some point. I you know I tell people all the time I covered Nick Saban for seventeen years. And really feel like I, I still don't know him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, even though I was around him some, uh, hopefully, <clears throat> you know, I'll get to know this guy and, you know, have a little more of a personal relationship with him. You want to hear a great Nick Saban story? Sure. You know, Coach Saban and Miss Terry love the Eagles music, right? They love what now? Oh, yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, they, uh, they love the Eagles. Yeah. By the Eagles, right. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, they found out that Coach Saban loves their music. Well, they shipped a box to Eli Gold, and Eli said he opened it up, and in it was every album that they had ever done signed by the Eagles, every magazine cover they had ever done signed by the Eagles, and every CD that they had ever done uh, signed by each member of the Eagles, they sent to Coach Saban. Now they sent to Coach Saban, or they sent to Eli well, Gold. They, to sent get... it, they sent it to Eli to give to okay. Coach Saban. <coughs> I've not heard that story. I'm surprised I have not. Um, yeah, well, there, I got a lot of stuff I can lay on you, but time always restricts me. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty cool, right there, and I'm sure that. The savings appreciate said, that. Eli, Eli said that he looked like a kid in a candy store at Christmas when he saw what was in that box. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Isn't, that neat? Isn't that neat that they would do that? Yeah, and it shows you the advantages of being, uh, you know, being a high-profile celebrity. <laughs> well, it shows you this, the reach, the reach that a University of Alabama football coach had. Oh, absolutely. Particularly, that's what I'm saying. He, you know, I, I called him a, a, a celebrity. Nick Saban is a celebrity, and he still is. You know, there are oh, yeah. every head football coach is not a celebrity. I mean, every head football coach at a major university has status, but very few are full fledged celebrities. But Nick Saban is, and uh, he may not want to be, but he is. And uh, there's not, you know, if you're in this country, and you mention Nick Saban, uh, there's going to be very few people that you'll run across that don't know who he is. I'm sure there are some, Tom, but you know there aren't many. That's a fact. I, I was going to tell you this. Eli said that the, how that happened was he was doing, uh, he was at a racetrack uh, getting ready to do a race for MRN, and the PR guy for the Eagles wanted to know if he worked with Coach Saban. He said, yeah, I sure do. He said, give me your address. And that's how that took place. Well, that's a great story, Tom, man. You're always, uh, you're always contributing to the show, my friend. I hope so, Gary. You have a great day, my friend. Appreciate it. All right, it's 929. We'll take a break. We'll come back with uh, Matt Coulter on NASCAR. L-U-M-E deodorant.com code 300 for an extra $5 off a Lumi starter pack. L-U-M-E deodorant.com code 300. Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. He's going to do 
do. Yep, it's time to talk some racing with uh, my pal Matt Nat, uh, Matt Coulter, longtime uh, voice of the Talladega Super Speedway. Of course, uh, longtime Birmingham sportscaster. Did a show here on Tide for uh, quite some time, and uh, we're going to talk NASCAR every Wednesday during the season. Good morning, Matt. Gary, sounds like you're feeling better. I'm glad to hear it see it yeah i'm still got a little bit of a cough but uh yeah all in all i feel i feel pretty good um let's jump right in daytona as so many sporting events uh early this year have already been impacted on pga tour got washed out on sunday which is never good but came back monday afternoon when the weather was gorgeous and uh, had an early uh, wreck on lap six that took out a few cars. Then everything was pretty smooth or so. This is a 200 lap race and everything was pretty smooth until about 10 to go. And, and, uh, we had a huge wreck, uh, that took out about half the field. Uh, yeah. I took out the car I think was going to win in Joey Logano, took out other contenders. Um, I think, uh, you know, we have to kind of put that one on Ross Chastain. I'll get your opinion before we get to. William Byron winning the race. What did you think of the big wreck and what did you see that caused it? It's hard to determine sometimes who bumps who and who spins who and all that kind of stuff. But man, that was quite a wreck. And you just, I think, described it pretty well. It took out half the field. And Lagana was, uh, through many eyes, the best car out there, led uh, a lead. Uh, 45 laps more than any other driver. Uh, I thought Chase Elliott had a really good car. That was your pick. Um, but you know how Daytona is. You never know till literally the final lap. And even under caution, William Byron was able to go on and take the checkered flag. And man, this guy, it's hard to believe he's 26 already because I think he started when he was like 16 in the truck series. But as you well know, Gary, he won six races the lead NASCAR Cup Series last year, and here he is 1-0, and he'd be the favorite going into Atlanta. So, it was a good race. I like it. I like William Byron. Uh, didn't like the fact they had that early wreck, because it really felt like Harrison Burton had a good car. And uh, he's, he runs well at Daytona. Red well, ran well in the Twins. So, I hated it for him. I hated it for all the really good drivers, cars that got wrecked on lap 192. But all in all, a good race. And Ross Chastain's a bully when it comes to any track. Uh, he's a, what you call him, a loose cannon? Yeah, he's a loose cannon. He is. And, uh, you know, he's made it clear that he's only responsible to his, his uh, team owner and, and his uh, organization and that's the way he's going to drive and uh, I think he's exciting I think he's a very talented driver we've talked about it but I do think that he is uh, he's reckless and I think that, that he's going to have a hard time uh, gaining respect from the other drivers because there's one thing to take chances and there's another thing that the way that he drives which is just hey I'm going for it regardless and uh, I think that that was another demerit if you will for him uh at daytona and i think other drivers are going to uh gonna remember that and they're gonna know when you're racing around this guy that um of course maybe it's you know it may be an intimidation factor for him because uh 
you know, guys don't want to get wrecked, and maybe he'll play on that and it gives him an edge because we know this. Uh, he's a good driver, and he's uh, willing to take chances that most aren't. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, um, you know, how people on on the circuit feel about the guy. Um, I mean, what do you think his feeling, the feeling that drivers have for him is? You know, you don't hear anybody fire back at him, which I find pretty interesting. And there may have been some in Daytona on Monday. But I hadn't read it. I haven't I either. Heard it. I'll tell you what I have heard, exactly what you just said. He said, I'll sleep well tonight knowing that I've challenged for the Daytona 500. Yeah, that's his well, attitude. That, that is his attitude. And Trackhouse Racing has his back, too. They're all about it. Yeah, um, most of the drivers just said it was a racing deal. Keselowski, Logano, uh, all of them just kind of said it was a, a racing deal. For Hendrick Motorsports, there was some really positive irony uh the 40th anniversary of their race team and uh they won the daytona 500 with byron and it's their first daytona 500 win i think since junior won maybe what like nine years ago so yeah that's uh, true good info <clears throat> so rick henry motorsports is off to a great great start and we thought they i thought they would but i went with went with uh with chase elliott you mentioned elliott had a strong car he won a stage um, we talked last week about him bouncing back. You think he's going to bounce back this year? Yeah, and I think he showed it in Daytona. Um, we'll have to wait. Uh, Atlanta's a good track for him. I know we'll get to that later. But, and, uh, even in post race, he seemed okay. So we'll see because as I was, uh, actually, as I was telling Karen, my wife, watching the race on this. NASCAR really needs Chief Chase Elliott. Um, and, and without, uh, trying to sound too negative on Chase, we need the Chase we had three, four years ago. Not the one that got a little mouthy about his eating accident last year and, um, you know, just kind of acted like his feathers were ruffled all last season. But you know why? Because of him. So I, I hope Elliott is on, on the road back. And you know what? I still think every time Keselowski gets towards the front, I think, all right, maybe this is it. Maybe this is that. I'm going to throw it back at you. Uh, I don't know. It's only one race in. But uh, <coughs> has he lost his edge or does he not have his equipment? I don't know. I He had a good car. He had a good car Yeah. Uh, on Sunday. Had a car I think that was capable of winning the race. Um, but at some point... It doesn't, you know, it's not just a, a trend. It's it's the reality, and the reality is that he's not winning races. And I know when I'm, you know, you and I are like even for Atlanta. When I'm looking to handicap a race to make my pick, that I just don't think about Brad Keselowski. I, I just don't. I think he has now been relegated to that second tier driver status. Now he could change that. He can go out and win a race or two, and everybody will view him differently. But I think right now. Brad Keselowski is not is not viewed as an elite driver on the NASCAR Cup Series. That's just my opinion. But I think the facts back it up. Doesn't mean that he hasn't accomplished a lot. He's a series champion, um, and he could still rewrite the narrative. But right now, I just don't think when you're when you're looking at a race field, and regardless of whether it's a intermediate track, a super speedway, or a short track, that you look at Brad Keselowski and say he's a guy that 
can win. I, I just don't sense that from anybody that follows racing right now. I don't either. And I hate it because you and I are both big fans yeah. of Brad Cat. You know, yeah. he, he's won at Atlanta. So he's <clears> turn around this weekend. Uh, we'll see. But just like I said about Chase Elliott, uh, I think NASCAR needs a very, very, uh, a winning Brad Keselowski. I just can't wait till it happens. We'll see. Well, he'll get his crack. Uh, all of them will at the Am Better Health 400 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway in Hampton, Georgia, coming up on Sunday on Fox. And I get the first pick this week. And, um, you know, looking at some recent driver finishes there, I tell you a guy who uh, has been really, really, really good at Atlanta over the last six races has been Ryan Blaney. He's got a win. He's got five top tens and three top fives. He's the defending series champion. And Chase has been really good, too. Uh, it's Chase's home track, and I understand that. So with the first pick, uh, it's kind of hard to go away from Chase, particularly since I picked him last week. And it makes sense to kind of stay with him here in Atlanta. Um, but the Penske cars were really, really fast, too, at uh, at Daytona, as were the Hendrick cars. And even though this is a shorter track, it's still uh, they get up to good speeds here. So it came to down. It comes down to me between. Elliot and Blaney. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm back and forth. I, I went into this with the um, intention of picking Blaney. But since I've got the first pick, and now the more I think about it, with it being Elliot's home track, with him running well at Daytona, with Hendrick off to a fast start, I'm going to stick with Chase Elliott this week to get the win. Well, you took my pick because that's where I was going to go. But that's what the value is in picking first. You know who else? Who's won two of the last four? William Byron. He sure has. Yep. He, he won here last year. So I don't know if I'm ready to step out there and pick Byron, but um, I really thought you, you wouldn't pick Elliott because you had him last week. So uh, now I'm scrambling, baby. I'm scrambling. Uh, I'm going to take Joey Logano. Why not? He won here. He won there last year. In fact, that. Gary, wasn't his, his only win last I year? think it was, yeah. Um, and I liked what I saw. I like, I mean, you know, not everybody likes Joey Logano personally. And I understand he can rub people the wrong way. But, no, he's one of the top five drivers out there. Oh, there's I'm no doubt about Legato. that. I'll take Logano. I'll feel pretty good about it. All right, Jeff Payton, you're listening. I've got uh, Kislowski. I mean, Kislowski. I've got Elliot and... Uh, Mascot Logano for Atlanta. Uh, hopefully the weather forecast is good and we'll get a, a, a Sunday race in. I haven't really looked at the schedule. Speaking of the schedule, uh, I guess now would be a good time to go through it because we talked a lot last year about the lack of Saturday night races and how yeah. much um, we enjoy the occasional Saturday night race. Let me go through the schedule right here. I'm, I'm into late April. I don't see one yet. I'm now into... May, still don't see one. End of June, still don't see one. Uh, end of July, still don't see one. Finally, yeah, we got to go all the way to August 24th for the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona before we get a Saturday night race. Not a fan of that. You know what? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Because... That's the only Saturday I've got plans for. You're kidding me. In the entire year. 
my sons get married. So I won't even get to see that one. Darn you, NASCAR. You should schedule better. And then they've got one, the Bass Pro Shops Night Race at Bristol, Saturday, September 21st. But that's right up against college football. I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like to me they used to run three or four races uh, during the summer that were, were Saturday night races. But, um, nope. It's weird. It's uh, because we all know, and we see it, we're seeing it all week, how television has influence on college football playoff. Television has a lot of influence in, in many areas. And, you know, Gary, we're in the business. I guess they've done research. Yeah, you know? they probably have. It's probably the analytics probably trend towards Sunday afternoon being a better yeah. window uh, time slot for, for racing than Saturday night. And I get it. I guess I'm just saying every now and then at some of these tracks under the lights on a Saturday night, it's just exciting. And, you know, then it gives the drivers a Sunday off, too. So, I don't know. I'm not talking about doing it every week. I'm just talking about sprinkling one in. Maybe, maybe do one in May, one in June, and and uh, one in July. You know. But you're saying there's only two this year? Yeah. Uh, from what I see, wow. you've got uh, Saturday, August 24th, and then you've got uh, Saturday, September 21st, and uh, that's it. Two, two. Well, and I don't like them. I don't like. Uh... I don't like the Saturday night races in the fall because it goes head to head. That's what I'm saying. It goes up against college football. So by that time, you're, you know, but if you get, uh, you, you schedule some in May and June, July, you've got pretty much a Saturday night open, um, schedule. But again, like you said, they've, I'm sure they've done the research. I'm sure the tracks have a say in it. And I guess most of these places just want that Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, race slot. Well, that's where it was forever. So until they started, you know, lighting these tracks and so forth. Mm -hmm. but, uh, that's true. I will, I will say this kind of as we close up. I found it very interesting to read that that's only the third time in Daytona 500 history that the race has been postponed from a Sunday. I thought, gee, and all the weather that you get in that part of Florida and kind of amazing to me that it only been three times but well it's sure disappointing because again you know i had one day off last week and it was sunday and i was looking forward to watching the race sunday afternoon and and then it gets postponed and then monday of course i'm working so i mean i'm i've got it on but you know i'm not able to really um zero well, in on it but, too. yeah but that's you know the mother nature now it wreaked havoc too on that west coast um PGA Tour swing, the California swing with, with weather. Yeah. So, um, but the forecast for Atlanta, I think is good. So, um, that'll be nice to have a, have a race run on, on Sunday and, and, uh, not have to worry with weather, at least at, you know, the forecast as it stands right now. Well, good deal, Gary. All right, man. As always, I appreciate it very much. Hello. Thank you, Justin. And, Hello to all, all the folks over there in Thailand, and we'll catch up soon. Thank you, buddy. All right, it's 947 here on the Gary Harris Show. Uh, prom season is right around the corner, and uh, I know you want to look your best, young gentleman, and you want to uh, you want to look, you know, 
really kind of flashy a little bit. I think that's the trend. Yeah, now, if you want to go conservative, uh, Tom and the folks at T-Town Men's Wear can help you with that as well. But if you want to stand out, man, they've got so many fashion choices for the prom. Uh, and, you know, as I've said in the past when talking about the prom, it isn't just about that night. It's about forever because those prom pictures, man, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, uh, you're going to look back at those and you're going to remember that night. So get by for all your prom needs, T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We'll be back after this. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure it every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside. If you want to pay more, that's your business. If you want to save, that's our business. Tuscaloosa Hyundai, corner of Skyland and Hargrove, TuscaloosaHyundai.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another big warm-up today. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 69. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 48. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy and mild. The chance of a shower by afternoon. Rain more likely tomorrow night, the high 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Go for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 951, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. I want to thank Matt Coulter for uh, jumping on with us and talking NASCAR, as he'll do every week here during the NASCAR season. Uh, before we close out this first hour, let's get back to uh, Kalen DeVore from uh, the game yesterday with Ryan Fowler. We already ran the clip about uh, quarterbacks in this system. Let's uh, hear his offensive philosophy. Here's Coach DeVore on his offensive philosophy. Yeah, I would just consider it very multiple. Um, I think year in and year out, um, it it, it might look the same, especially if the personnel is the same, um, but it can be adjusted uh, very easily to, you know, whoever our quarterback is, uh, whatever our strengths are, receivers, tight ends, uh, running backs. Um, but I would consider it kind of really having more of a pro spread identity, um, you know, pro uh, kind of a pro offense with the tight end uh, being a heavy part of that. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of principles that are that are pro-minded, but also, you know, there's a lot of spread concepts in there as well. So, you know, kind of a combination of that, uh, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that hopefully will really challenge high discipline to a defense, and uh, things that are simple to us um, because it's 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 in a concept family, um, and so you know we can go from week to week uh, and make it look a lot different to our opponent, which would should hopefully be very difficult for them. Um, but in the end, uh, it's something that we're very familiar with, and uh, we can we can just dress things up and, and do the things that we do um, over and over again and execute at a high level. 
All right, let's get uh, one more clip in from Coach DeBoer before we close out this first hour. And uh, Fowler asked him about Ryan Williams, of course, the highly touted um, wide receiver from Saraline High School who signed with Alabama earlier this month and is a dynamic playmaker, two-time Mr. Football, who reclassified from 2025 to 2024 and will be here this summer. Again, remember, he could have another year of high school, but uh, Ryan Williams is expected to come in here and be a dynamic playmaker. Here's Coach DeVore talking about what he saw uh, in Ryan Williams. You know, he's one of the most uh, just dynamic guys I've ever seen, uh, ever at receiver, you know, just, um, you know, getting the ball in his hands and he can do it, uh, you know, on short throws and, and uh, you know, just quicker, quicker type routes and he can do it down the field. Um, he's good in every way. Uh, you know, I just uh, was so attracted to him, not just as a football player, but also just as a person. I mean, you know, when you talk to him and uh, just he reiterates reiterates what he hears, um, it's amazing to me how much he processes, you know, and can articulate back to you, you know, what was all said. And um, I just am super excited to coach him up. Um, you know, I think feel like he's, He's a guy that's just like seeking this, uh, seeking this, uh, you know, like growth mindset and uh, just going to take it all in uh, every moment possible. And so uh, he, along with Coach Shep, uh, they've already kind of formed a pretty good tag team as far as their relationship. And so uh, it's only onward and upward from here. All right. Yeah, Ryan Williams expected to be an impact player at the University of Alabama. All right, that's going to wrap it up for hour number one of the program. I want to thank Matt Coulter coming up in hour number two. Karen Johns talks softball at 10 o'clock. And then uh, Bart Heights on hoops at 10.30. Plus uh, more of your phone calls as well here on the Gary Harris Show. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking. Find out more at alabamacu.com or get by and see them at one of their many locations around the great state of Alabama. Again, a reminder before we close out this hour to download the app. Uh, We'll be checking those app messages as well. Tide 109 app, that's the best way. I've had several people that uh, have heard me promote the app, and, man, they get it on their phone, and they're like, yep, you aren't kidding. That's the way to go. It certainly is. Uh, You can take us with you anywhere, anytime. All right, hour number two of the Gary Harris Show is coming up. Keep it dialed in to Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, your home for Alabama Sports. Or text DEAL to 511-511. Text DEAL to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for for $3,000 in cash. Visit Pearl River Resort for a chance to win your share of $88,000. Must be 21 or older to play. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. 
Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time. Season's updated COVID-19 shot designed to help protect against recent variants. Learn about a vaccine option and book your COVID-19 shot on ScheduleCovidVax.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. In college basketball last night, number one went down. UConn had their 14-game winning streak snapped at the hands of number 15 Creighton in Omaha, 85-66. to It was UConn's 19th straight road loss to a ranked opponent. They haven't had such a win since 2014. Huskies are now 24-3 and on the season. Also, number five, Tennessee, down to Missouri, 72-67. to Number 25, BYU, knocked off number 11. Baylor in Provo, 78-71. Number 18, St. Mary's, fought off San Francisco, 70-66. Number 23, Texas Tech, held on against TCU, 82-81. In the NFL, the Miami Herald reports Dolphins veteran left tackle Taron Armstead is expected to be back with Miami next season. And in the NHL, the Rangers beat the Stars 3-1 in a battle of division leaders. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread News with $43 million in CARES Act funding dwindling down to $11 million in the Tuscaloosa City school system and 54 system employees dedicated to that money. The board will have to make decisions on who stays and who goes. Michael Davis has a court hearing at Tuscaloosa Circuit Court today. He is charged with capital murder along with former Bama basketball star Darius Miles in the shooting of Jamia Harris in January 2023. 13th-ranked Alabama, 24th-ranked Florida meet tonight at 6 in Coleman Coliseum in a key SEC basketball battle. Get 24 24- Seven local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back for hour number two of the Gary Harris Show. Let's uh, get right to it this hour. The program being brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, they do it right with feet on the ground right here in West Alabama. I think that's important. When you need a personal injury attorney, you need someone that's going to be there with you. Eyeball to eyeball. That's right. Face to face. Talking you through it, even if you have to go to court. Paul's in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. And remember, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonCoberLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And we're going to start the second hour off talking softball with former 
Florida head coach, former Virginia head coach, former Alabama pitching coach, great player at South Carolina, Hall of Famer Kieran Johns, who now is a statistician, also does some analyst work for ESPN and uh, lives in Birmingham, and we're always happy to get her on to talk softball. Good morning, Kieran. How are you? Good morning, Gary. How are you today? Doing great. You were at the prestigious Clearwater Invitational, uh, really a, a mecca of early season softball, and we had a little bit of everything. Great games. Uh, we saw a lot of teams that uh, uh, look like they have potential to make it to Oklahoma City. We saw upsets, and then we saw weather, <laughs> which cut it short. But uh, quite an event down there. You were there. Kind of fill us in on what all you saw. Well... Yeah, we saw, we did see quite a bit in a very short period of time. First time we've ever gotten rained out. It's not normally a rainy time of year for them. So it was an odd weather, but, uh, I think the thing I saw the most was the three, four teams that stuck out the most to me. The three top priority for me are the top two are Texas and Tennessee. And I say that with Tennessee losing two games, but they only gave up three runs in two games yeah. for their experienced lineup just they just they were in good positions to score runs they just didn't come through but they were also facing really good teams you know they they went against uh Kennedy from from Stanford and never the whole world saw her last year at the World Series so they faced some tough pitching and then against Texas you know another they they are the complete package they remind me they're eerily similar to the Oklahoma teams they have they do not have a weakness they they have depth in pitching they have power they have speed um, the only bugaboo, the only bug in that whole team is their defense. And as long as they can continue to get better on their defense, they're going to be really, really tough to beat. That I, I, I could predict them being in the champ series for sure. No question in my mind. Tennessee will be fine. They do have two losses, but their, their hitting will come around. Uh, Zeta Pooney back in the lineup for them now. She had off-season surgery, and she, you know she's still trying to get her bearings down. And she was a big part of their offense last year, and of course with Kiki Malloy back. And Washington was another really strong team, not quite as strong offensively as Texas and Tennessee, but with Ruby Malin in the circle, they can they can beat anybody on any given day. And and Georgia was really the fourth team that stood out the most to me. Um, their offense is so complete up and down the lineup they're so good they're so fast they're so powerful um pitching not so sure uh a little bumps in the road throughout the cycle they do they did go undefeated but they went you know they beat florida state 20 to 10 and they pounded the ball um they i think they had 19 full counts on offense not full counts three ball counts excuse me and and but they gave up 10 runs and and florida state looked good at the plate you know and (laughs) It's going to be well, that kind of year for Florida State. They just their their young pitchers are just they're not very good yet, um, and so the early part of the season is going to be a rough road for them. But Georgia, Georgia, I would expect their pitching to get better. They're they're veterans. They have experience. Um, they weren't as sharp as I was expecting, but they're still a really good team. And boy, they can swing bats. The disappointment, I guess, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like you said, it's not normally a rainy season, but to have so many top notch games. Um, you know, not be played. Uh, there's no way around it. I mean, that was disappointing for the teams, for the, the tournament committee, for the fans. It's just one of those things, but really kind of a bummer. Yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, I know we were um, because, you know, as, as fans of the game, not just working the games, you get so excited for these matchups. They're so much fun. 
the crowd gives you that college world series <coughs> feel and effect and to not be able to follow through on all that. I would like to see a few more teams get matched up because, you know, I only work on that one field. I work on, on field nine. So, um, I mean, field eight, excuse me. So I don't get to see a lot of the other teams. Um, so I go back and I watch video when I get home and, you know, Saturday I had to sit around all day waiting for my flight to come home. So I went back and watched tape and just to see what those other teams look like and get some data on them too in my mind. So, yeah, but that's how it goes. You know, outdoor sport in the winter. <laughs> That's right. That's sometimes. right. We, I said this for baseball and softball, like it or not. You know, we, we call them spring sports, but when you start playing um, softball and baseball in early February, you're going to deal with some weather. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Uh, I did get yeah. enough to see uh, Lexi Kilfoyle work some magic, the former Alabama pitcher for Oklahoma State. Did you get to see her at all? I did. I, I really got to see her a little bit, but I really saw her a bunch on Monday night. You know, they, they were able to grab a game with the Florida Gators because of the rainout, and Florida was able to pull it off within a 24-hour period. And they played the Gators, and she she pitched great. She shut them out. And uh, the tough part for Lexi in Florida was she just she didn't throw well in relief, and that hurt her a little bit. But it's, nobody's great in relief, I don't think, early in the season. So. That's a role you have to really you have to really figure out um, as you go, like how much warm up you need. Are you ready? And a lot of it with these young kids too that I noticed all weekend, Gary, is just being ready mentally on who you're facing and how, because you're going to throw a drop differently to to different batters, and so you have to really make sure you're ready. Like, who am I facing? What are they good at? What are they not good at? So you really have to do your homework and. Sometimes that takes a little bit of rhythm, too, of of really forcing yourself into, you know, getting ready. So she struggled a little bit there, but she looked good. She looked really good. Florida's swinging the bats pretty well. Um, You know, Florida's thing is just they're so young in the circle, and they have performed well, though. Those pitchers, Rothrock is is the real deal. She can throw well. And so for Lexi to go in there and shut them out, that was pretty impressive. Uh, She kept Wallace 0 for 3. Kept her off the bases. She kept Falby off the bases. So she did her job and uh, really impressed. Talking softball with Karen Johns. Let's uh, <coughs> excuse me. Let's um, let's look big picture here. And, and and everything starts with Oklahoma. I mean, there's just no other way around it. You mentioned Texas. You mentioned Tennessee. Uh, you know, Georgia's good. I mean, Oklahoma State. Al- we'll get to Alabama in a moment, but uh, it all starts and ends with with Oklahoma. Do you see? Um, Obviously, they'll have some competition, but I mean, clearly, they're they're the favorite to win the national championship again, right? They are. They're they're definitely favored. They have a lot of experience. They have like nine seniors that contribute, and then of course the transfer Kelly Maxwell going in there. So it's hard to it's hard to put that in your system. You know, you can't create experience. And that's the big edge that they're going to have over a lot of teams is they've been there so many times. They'll know how to handle it. They know how to play on the road. They know how to play in those big games. And so they're very experienced. The pitching will be the question, you know, are they going to be good enough to pitch them to a national championship? Kelly Maxwell's put up good numbers already. I uh, watched a few video clips of her. She already looks more sound. She's not walking batters this year. So she has really cleaned up her mechanics and, um, and is utilizing our pitches better, which is really nice to see. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, with the depth of their pitching to get through the grind of the regular season. And then, of course, you know, my old theory with them, we say, and you talk to me about this all the time, too, it's 
you can beat them once, but can you beat them? Yeah. Can you beat them two and three times? And that's the hard part. So you have to have some arms, and that's why I say Texas and Tennessee. They have some arms. They have depth in that pitching circle that can that can have that type of potential. So you know, we'll see how it all plays out. Alabama's off to a ten and zero start. They host North Alabama this afternoon at three p.m. Uh, Nicole DeBoer, Kayla DeBoer's wife, will throw out the first pitch. Um, you know, so far so good for Alabama. Kayla Beaver has come in. Of course, obviously this is a post Montana Fouts era for Alabama softball. But Beaver came in in her first time out through a no hitter. She's been great both starting and coming in out of the out of the pen. Um, have, I don't know how much you got to see of Alabama so far, but what do you think of the start for the Crimson Tide? Well, I've only gotten through two games of theirs um, just because I took a timeout from softball yesterday and Bob, you and I went up to Jacksonville State and supported Homewood High School and Hewitt Trustville High School and basketball. And then we went down to Birmingham to, last night and we supported the Locust Fork teams because uh, our good friends and Bobby coached the boys on that team in middle school and they made it, the boys made it to the final four. So I did high school basketball pretty much all day yesterday. So I got through two of Alabama games. The thing just looking at this on film and then looking on paper, uh, the fact that they're throwing complete games is a really good sign for me in the Alabama pitching because we, you know, early in the season last year, we didn't see a lot of that. And we're seeing a lot of that. They're sharper. They look like they're they're pitching with command better, which we didn't see a lot of in Florida. Um, and that's going to be a huge bonus for Alabama. And I know their schedule hasn't been challenging yet, and it's not going to be. North Alabama is going to be a challenge just because they, they play good defense and they have a couple boppers in their lineup and they have good, do, two good throwers. They have a lefty and a righty, and we'll talk about them when you, if you want to down the road here. But um, they're not going to be super challenged this coming weekend, but they're doing things really well on in the circle, and that's where it's all got to happen for them because the hitting will come and go. The hitting will be hot and cold and, you know, that kind of thing. But if your pitching is consistent, that's, that's big for them. And I was really impressed. Beavers is so good. Um, you know, she, she has a lot of confidence and a lot of, uh, just a lot of grit when she throws, you watch her pitch. I went back and watched a couple of her games from last year and against, you know, teams like Arkansas, who she beat and she's so competitive and that's what you need. And that's what you want. And, you know, then it's up to your defense. If you play clean defense behind me, you know, I'm going to win you games. And, got a little moxie that way, and that's a good thing for Alabama. Yeah, I had Murph on recently, and he talked about uh, obviously with uh, Allie having retired, but the the, the new staff, and uh, uh, re- he seems really, really happy with this staff, and um, of course bringing Kayla Bro back in, but the, the continuity, the chemistry, and just the, the vibe of the staff. Um, you've been on a lot of different softball staffs. How important is, is chemistry amongst uh, the coaching staff? Well, it's important for for the team because it gives the team the confidence that everybody's in the going in the same direction. And you know, Patrick's so good at, at creating that environment. He he's a team guy, probably sometimes too much in my personal opinion, but he's a team guy. And Caleb Bro, of course, all of us all weekend during our games are texting things back and forth because we're all huge Kayla bro fans because we're in the booth with her. We've spent studio with her. We all love Kayla like to the umpteenth and we're sitting there and we're going, we're out of our minds 
watching these Alabama outfielders make these plays, and we're like, oh, oh, look who's in town, right? And like, we're kind of kidding around. And Alabama has always had great outfield because Allie Habits was a great outfield coach. But my goodness, in Georgia, what they were doing at Georgia Tech was incredible. And so, you know, it, she's always going to be a plus. I don't know the other two fellows as well. I know Adams a little bit just because he's been around before. But they're all good folks and all good people. And you know what? They love softball. They love ball. And, man, it's contagious. You know, you can feel it. Lastly, Karen, it just feels like that uh, we've talked about it the last few years, the rise of this sport, not just among softball fans and people that follow it, but uh, just fans in general. It's become a great TV sport. Uh, the, the the Women's College World Series is must-watch. Um, I mean, this is a easy question to answer for you because you're around it every week, but the, the popularity is uh, at, at a high point, it feels like, for, for college softball. It is, and I think college softball has to really be intentional with this rise and really lock in on it because there's a lot of uncertainty right now. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. College football has kind of gotten a bit messy. They're not very organized with their NIL programs and how that's all going to work out. And, you know, trying to get this playoff thing mastered and, and stapled into place, whether it's ESPN or Fox or whoever ends up doing it, but, you know, you have to be able to stand on your own two feet. You can't just always keep relying on one source to make it all happen. Right. And I think college softball, college volleyball, college women's college basketball, um, I, I can just – they can stand on their own two feet if the leaders of the sport continue to keep pushing the buttons and keep going for it. Don't take second fiddle. Like, don't settle. Go for it because – People want to see it. People want to watch it. And, you know, some of these programs are taking some financial losses, but a lot of that is because things aren't being invested into. If you invest into it, you're going to get return. And, you know, everybody can see the example that Alabama softball has set on how investing returns it. And eventually, you know, you can turn some profit. And that's what you have to be able to do because who knows what's going to happen with this. This has been crazy. This has been unprecedented times. So you got to stand on your own two feet. Well, that's a great point. It's a great way to uh, to wrap up this segment. Great stuff, Karen. Thank you. All right, Gary. Have a good weekend. All right, Karen Johns talking softball. It's 10-17. Hey, the YMCA is a place where you can talk fitness uh, and you can get fit. Uh, they got great personal training. I think that's something that if you've struggled to reach your fitness goals, you might want to look into. Personal training can get you over the hump. They've got certified personal trainers, 30-minute sessions, hour sessions. Uh, you can work by yourself. You can work with your significant other or partner. Uh, that's available to you. Fitness classes, full schedule of those. They've got the silver sneaker, silver sneaker program for seniors. Uh, Everything you need is uh, right there at the YMCA, 2313th Street downtown. Give them a live. The event will feature a non-competitive three-mile walk and a survivor's pathway. To register and to get more details, log on to TuscaloosaHeartWalk.org. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the lucky lunch meeting. Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner too. Off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another big warm-up today. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 69. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 48. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy and mild. The chance of a shower by afternoon. Rain more likely tomorrow night, the high 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 58 degrees in Tuscaloosa. For more from Tide 100.9, let's it fly! on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud. All right, 1020 here on the Gary Harris Show. We talked earlier about the um, new college football playoff format. We're not even into the 12-team um, format. We've already got changes. But, you know, the more, I guess, at-large teams you can get in, if you're going to have a 12-team model, probably the better uh, to go the 5-7 model, I like it better than the 6-6 model simply because that's one more at-large team. And the whole idea, I think, of expanding the playoff is to get more teams in that traditionally would not have had an opportunity to get in in a 14 playoff. Now, if you look at what's interesting, Wyatt, Wyatt uh, Fulton is with us, if you look at last year's Format, if it had been in place for, you know, this year's format had been in place last year, you know that 11 of the 12 teams would have come from the Big Ten and the SEC, the way it worked out. So, uh, but I do, I do think going forward, that won't be the case. I think because I think the, um, the rankings will reflect an opportunity for more teams to get in. And now here's the question. Do you really ever think a non-Power 5 team will win a national championship? I I don't think that'll happen, but I mean, you know, but, it, it seems like the highest rated group of five champion is getting a playoff spot at least, so they could they could win a game or two. And you never know. And, and, and I do think it's going to add at least that excitement of it won't be the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Basketball, football, too different. But it will give you, <coughs> pardon me, it will give you an opportunity to see one of these special teams that comes out of a, a group of five. Or it will give you an opportunity to see a team from a power five who under the old format would never have gotten in who says right now we're playing better than anybody in the country. We've lost two games. Like an Ole Miss, okay? Like... um you know, maybe a Penn State or somebody who maybe is in a power five and might have lost to Michigan and Ohio State or Ole Miss might have lost to Alabama and Georgia. I'm just throwing out some, you know, possibilities here. But they're 10 and 2 and they get into the playoff and they make a run. The thing about Ole Miss, <clears throat> when you look at their history under John Vaught, they won some national championships. But you look at the SEC and teams that have never been to Atlanta. A&M's never been. But, you know, they came into the league, what, 2012 or whatever. Uh, Kentucky's never been. But Ole Miss, who's been in the SEC for a long, long time and has been in since we went to college football SEC playoff game in 1992 has never even made it to Atlanta. 
much less win an SEC championship. They've never even made it. Mississippi State's made it. Arkansas's made it. South Carolina's made it. Missouri's made it. Now, obviously, Vanderbilt's never made it. But to think that Ole Miss has never even been able to get to Atlanta. Now, they did tie for the SEC one year with LSU when um, Eli was there, but they lost the tiebreaker. So they didn't go, even though they tied for the SEC West. But now, all of a sudden, under Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss has a realistic chance to play for a national championship. And you don't have to get to Atlanta for the SEC championship game to make it into the college football playoff. So it opens up all kinds of possibilities. Initially, I wanted an eight-team format just because I wanted eight teams down to four, down to two, national champion. But with the top four teams getting a a bye and having some on-campus games, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to some new blood. Looking forward to seeing some new teams. And I do think now with Alabama going through a little bit of a transition, it may be good for Alabama. You know, they don't have to feel like they've got to win the West or only lose one game to make it in. All right, let's jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904. That's where we find Ellis. Hey, Ellis, what's up, man? What's going on, Gary Hash? Oh, another day, buddy. Boy, you're having a rough time with that. Just can't shake the cough. Yeah, it's, I feel, I feel, I feel better, but, uh, and, you, you sound know. better, but you're just having a rough time with that cough. Boy, yeah, I mean, I that, that has been a booger right there, isn't it? It has. It's, uh, I think this is going on 17 days that I've been dealing with something. So, but, um, hopefully yeah, I get to it. A person like you, you got to have your voice. That's right. And that's what makes it hard to get well, though, is because, you know, when you're doing two hours of radio every morning, <clears throat> you know, when your voice is raw in the morning to begin with, it's just hard to hard to get well. But uh, yeah. well, gets, I'll be praying for you to get better. Well, thank you, pal. Uh, I, uh, I just got to say this. Unlike Tom, I enjoyed the uh, the interview with the coach yesterday when Ryan had him on the show. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure it was outstanding. And like I said, we've run some clips this morning. And and um, when you can get uh, the head coach of at, at University of Alabama uh, on your show, it's a good deal. Yes, you know, and and that's that's special on itself. But uh, I learned a lot of stuff, and there's some stuff that uh, we probably already knew, but a lot of stuff we didn't know. That's so. right. But, uh, yeah, ready for the game tonight, changing uh, gears and going to uh, basketball. Are you coming down uh, for it? <laughs> no, sir, I'm coming down for the Tennessee game. Okay. Uh, I think that one right there is going to be the best one of the year. Yeah, it's going to be a doozy, no doubt. Uh, but uh, I'm excited about the, the basketball team. Uh, like I've told everybody, it's uh, the team is exciting to watch now, and uh, we just got uh, up it uh, tonight, and hopefully we can uh, win. Uh, I'd like to win out. If we could. Oh no doubt. What, what you, if you went out, what's your opinion? What do you think we'll end up? Well, I picked them. You know. 
when I went through the rest of the schedule, this was two or three games ago, I picked Alabama to go 14-4 and four in the league. And I said, uh, you know, I said if they go 14-4, and four, I'm pretty confident that they're going to have at least a tie for the SEC championship. And I still, I still feel that way. Um, but they're sitting here 10 and two with, you know, six games to go. Um, you know, I don't think this is an easy game tonight, but I, but I think this, I think that Alabama, um, is the team to beat right now. And if you win tonight, you get to 11 and two, you just start, you just kind of start knocking them on down. But let me go through it. Um, I, I still think that 14 and four would tie for the SEC championship if not win it outright. But I think now looking at it, um, they could go 15 and three. Uh, you know, I think they're going to win tonight. Right now on Saturday, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and give them a loss. At Kentucky on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's a tough place right there. Yeah, and Kentucky's now, you know, we know how much talent they've got. I think Alabama wins at Ole Miss. I do think they're going to beat Tennessee at home. And then they'll come down, they're going to beat Arkansas at home. It's going to come down to whether or not they can win at Florida. So if they win at Florida, I think they can get to 15 and 3. If they lose at Florida, they're 14 and 4, but I still think 14 and 4. Will get them at least a tie, if not an outright SEC championship. Because right now, you know, Tennessee's got three losses. They're in second. South Carolina and Auburn have four losses. Florida's got four losses. Kentucky's got four losses. But if Alabama beats Tennessee, you know, that would be a fourth loss for, for Tennessee. So, um, Alabama's the team to beat, but they've still got some really tough games, including tonight. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, but uh, hopefully my man uh, Sears. Oh man, uh, something else. Man, he is. He's he's a dog out there on the field. Yeah, he's the, not getting near field. enough. Um, no, uh, talk for national play of the year. These all American teams and awards. I'm I'm very I'm very disappointed <clears throat> that he's averaging over 20 points a game and doing what he's doing for this team. And he's flying under the radar uh, a little yeah. bit. And one more thing, uh, I like his three-pointers, but I like it when he goes to the paint and when he goes hard and goes up to the rim. You know, that's Oh, yeah, show. he can fit. For one, he's powerful. He knows how to get his shot off, and I'm with you. He goes in there against those 6'9 and 6'10 guys, and not only does he get his shot off, he usually scores and gets fouled. Hey, Ellis, great phone call, man. I got to hit the break. How many Tuscaloosa customers are searching online for your type of business? It's quick, easy, and free. Visit mylocalcustomers.com. That's mylocalcustomers.com. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. SEC Hoops, Bart Heights on Hoops, former Mississippi State Final Four guard and uh, Alabama high school legend. Catch him now on Press Box Radio, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. See him doing games on television, college and high school basketball. And, of course, uh, with us every Wednesday here on the Gary Harris Show and getting ready for the uh, state uh, basketball uh, tournament coming up next week at the Legacy Arena. Good morning, Bart. 
Morning, Gary. How you doing, my man? Doing well. Uh, let's jump into last night, and that's why, you know, when you play in a major conference, you never take anything for granted. Um, Tennessee survived. Uh, Arkansas didn't. I mean, A&M didn't, but Tennessee got by at Missouri 72-67. But, boy, they sure had their hands full last night. And for a while, we like we might get the, the upset of the year in college basketball up there in Como. Yeah, man, it was uh, – well, Missouri's going to get somebody, right? And then when you see them sitting down there on your schedule, I remember when Mississippi State went out there, I was just a man, just get through it, just get through it, just get through it. Missouri does some really good things at times, Gary. They're just not quite big enough, especially on the interior. Um, we had John Sunbolt on this morning. He was talking about how it, it was just different. Kobe Kobe Brown did it at Huntsville Local. I, I always think about Kobe's great high school tournaments that he had playing at Lee Huntsville. Um, but, but just Missouri, how many things that he did, like a Draymond Green type player that are gone now, and they just, they just can't stop the basketball. They can't consistently score. But Tennessee goes through those laws and, and it keeps rearing its head. Um, but no one is safe to your earlier point. Tennessee found a way. Connect is that guy. They just gave it to him that stretch. He didn't, he didn't, he had two points the first half. Mm-hmm. Fifth thing in the second half, one on a stretch where he scored about nine in a row, extended the lead out. And that's, you know, proved what, uh, to be the difference when Tennessee got the lead and finished out the game. But nobody's safe, Gary. Look what happened to the number one team in the country last night. Yeah, you kind of went he down, went down. I looked, I mean, you look at those numbers and it's like, UConn's only a two point favorite at Creighton. This, this parody in college basketball on the road, man, it's just crazy to see. I mean, nobody is really surprised. I do think the Big East, the league as a whole is a step behind, um, the, actually the ACC, then the SEC, and then the Big 12. Um, but man, nobody's safe in any conference any night, especially. In the SEC. Well, one of the amazing stats, and I, I think UConn, obviously, they're the, the reigning national champion. I still think they're the favorite to win it this year. But that was still their the 19th straight road loss to a ranked opponent. They haven't beaten a ranked opponent on the road since 10 years ago when they won at Memphis on March 13, 2014. <laughs> Just Danny didn't handle it very well either, did he? No. <laughs> yeah, I guess you saw the whole got an altercation with the fan, and, you know, it's kind of that fiery personality, but um, that that's scary to me. Um, I'll tell you this. I'm glad I don't have to go to practice um, and take the wrath of Danny Hurley. Yeah, um, he's uh, tomorrow. I mean, he has got that next level intensity, old school intensity. Uh, let's let's get back to the SEC and people continue to say A and M's in. They better beat somebody. Uh, this is three in a row. You understand losing at Alabama, but losing at Vanderbilt and then losing last night at home to a really just. Uh, uh, an Arkansas team that's got all kinds of issues. I mean, what a bad loss for the Aggies last night. It looked like they were going to come back at the end and win it, but right when they got in position to do it, they couldn't finish. They couldn't finish. And now, look, I am going to say this, and you and remember I said it. I said it early in the year about Florida. You see Florida come on. Arkansas, nobody's going to want to play Arkansas in the SEC tournament. Mark those words. I'm seeing some stuff. They're playing with energy now. Everybody's kind of getting healthy. They're kind of getting back. Um, but to be able to go, they beat A&M twice. So if they, like, think about it like this. When we didn't make the NCAA tournament, and I don't think A&M's safe, like everybody else is saying, um, we lost to Arkansas three times in one season. If A&M somehow matches up with Arkansas, it's kind of unlikely 
somebody will have to kind of separate themselves and maybe catch it in that second round game. If the, but if there's a matchup that comes with like Arkansas and A and M, it's not going to be for for A and M to get in or Arkansas to get in, but a three loss like that can keep you out of a tournament to a team that is just been questionable all year. But Arkansas is doing some things. Mitchell was really, really, really good last night. Um, I really like how he's coming on, but they're guarding people. Um, and Shaman Mark was just on the road. He was what everybody expected. A&M's in trouble, man. They can't protect the rim either, and they don't have that consistent third guy um, behind their guards. Uh, and so I, I just – I'm not 100% sold that A&M's in. I think the buzz, if you will, um, has kind of has subsided. And as the league's gotten better, um, A&M has kind of been that. And it's surprising to me because I thought they would elevate and stay up in that t- top tier. But right now they're not playing that way. Bart Hyde on, on hoops with us here on the Gary Harris Show. <clears throat> Let's get to tonight. And uh, Alabama is rolling. Um, looked great, even though they gave up 26 offensive rebounds against uh, A&M on Saturday. They didn't give up that many second-chance points. Uh, wound up, you know, hanging 100 on the Aggies. It's the eighth time this year they've gone over 100. That's one behind 95-96 Kentucky that went, did it nine times and won the national championship. But this is a Florida team that has the has the physical makeup of a type of team that gives Alabama trouble. They're big, they're physical, they're playing well. How do you see this game tonight at Coleman Coliseum? Well, what I, what I see tonight is I see a team that's coming in that is somewhat similar, if Alabama fans will remember, Clemson. Yeah. That's who this Florida team reminds me of a little bit. They love that they're finally healthy. They weren't really healthy all year. Um, and now they kind of, they, they, they are. Guards are playing really well. Pullman can score it in bunches. He's a quick trigger. Clayton, the Iona transfer. He had 21 in their last game on the road at Georgia. Will Richards, the X factor, when he's making shots, slashing, um, and he'll disappear offensively at times. Florida can't afford for him to do that tonight. But the duo, when they're in the game together, Condon, the Australian rugby playing freshman who loves to mix it up, Alabama fans like football, when he is in the game with Hanlogton, when they're in the game together, it's similar to Clemson. And at the high-low action, Alabama has had a hard time with that. When you have someone who can kind of stretch the defense and then it creates a one-on-one uh, in the post mentality, both these teams are going to score. And Florida wants to run, too. I expect a ton of points. How Alabama handles Florida and how Florida handles Alabama in secondary transition, Gary. When I mean when the rebound comes out, when you're pushing the ball, and Mark Sears breaks it down and pitches, or when Estrada gets into the lane and finishes or hits a, hits a big running the floor and run, or running to the rim. Those type intermediate plays, I think, are huge. Who can get stopped? Who can finish? And those Alabama runs. Can Florida keep Alabama from those 9, 11-point runs that happen so quick like we saw at LSU and we've seen so many times at home, especially in the second half? I like the tide tonight by about 10 points in a extremely high-scoring game. You got uh, your Bulldogs hosting the Rebels tonight, and uh, we know it's going to be intense inside the hump. And um, a big game, you know, obviously it's a big game because it's Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but this is a big game for both of these teams as far as their tournament resume. It is, and uh, thanks to my boy uh, Brian, Pash- uh, Brian Pasek, uh, I, I, answer- I responded to one of his tweets, and he was like, hot take, biggest game of the year tonight. Um, on his feed, and I answered. I was like, "Absolutely, thanks for the shout out to Octavia County." You know, and so I know he was talking about a different game, 
At the same time, it is the EBOB. It is the Egg Bowl of basketball. Um, and so, not to be confused with the eyeball, but it's huge, and it's huge for Ole Miss because they don't have the quality win. If Ole Miss were to sweep state and take this one, that that totally changes the dynamic of Ole Miss and state getting in the tournament. This is every game has really turned into this for Mississippi State and Coach Chris Jans. Very similar to last year. He doesn't love it. But he doesn't mind having to have his team so focused every game, every night. I expect State to win. I expect State to play well. I, I, there's a reason they're almost a 10-point favorite. Um, I think it'll be close for a while, but Keyshawn Murphy, I'm about to go in here in this gym and watch Ramsey High School in Wallace Hansville, the alma mater of Keyshawn Murphy. He will be a key player down the stretch for State. I think he is a matchup problem for Ole Miss. I think he has close to a double-double tonight, and I think State dominates on the interior. I think it will be much more low scoring than that last 86-82 game, but I think State protects the hump tonight and evens the series at 1-1 and strengthens the resume going forward. All right, Bart. I kind of sniffed out the Kentucky-Auburn game. Uh, on Friday, yeah. I had Brett Pritchard on for the Auburn report. I, I You know, I said, because, you know, Auburn was doing, though, you know, Kentucky's just another game, and uh, it, it, they're not, and they, and they never will be in this league. And it's like Alabama <laughs> yeah. football. It's just a different buzz when Kentucky comes to your place. And Auburn hadn't lost a home game all year, uh, but Kentucky uh, is Kentucky, and they've got talent. And, um, you know, they held Auburn to 59 points, and Auburn helped them out. Auburn had a bad game offensively. I get that. But – you can't sleep on talent, and Kentucky could get on a roll here. But having said that, under Cal lately, in the last couple of years, this game tonight at LSU is one they better watch. Totally agree. Um, especially, I think they got Tennessee coming in, right? They do. The weekend, too, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not wrong about that. Look ahead game. Um, it's just amazing with Kentucky when the talent is there, uh, and, and you see it, and you, Having Wagner back is a huge deal. I, I know people think it's crazy, but for, for, coming from a guy who couldn't guard the ball in college and couldn't guard a ball screen, that's the most difficult thing, man, um, for a freshman coming in. It's just so hard to understand angles and understand anticipation and understand jump to hell and put yourself in a position always to where you're going to be able to have that transaction. It's transactional, if you will, the ball screen action. You know, those, That's tough for Kentucky's freshman guards. As good as Shepard is in the passing lanes, as good, but Wagner can guard the ball. That him, him being back is a huge deal, and then that opens Dillingham up to just be that microwave offensive score, and you can hide him defensively a little bit, and you can play them together, which I think is huge. I actually like Dillingham coming off pin down, down screens, off the ball, Wagner running the show and creating. I think that game was more about Auburn. Yeah, that's great that Kentucky guarded, and yes, great that like, but I'm worried about Auburn's offense. Gary, in a, in a three, four game stretch. Can you, who's going to make the shots? You know, Jalen Williams was on fire early in the year. Well, that shot making's been taken away. Now he's injured. I love Baker Mazar. Can he consistently make shots? Holloway has not translated as the shooter that Auburn thought they w- were going to have in the freshman. He's kind of hit that freshman wall. Donaldson's been great, but is Donaldson really going to jump up and make that, make five, six, three pointers in a game? KD Johnson is the shooter that's got to get going. I know he's streaky. I know he's a different type player. But that consistency of Auburn shooting the basketball, where is it going to come from? 
I, I, just, I love what Kentucky did. I'm still going to need to see more, especially against the physicality inside of uh, Tennessee this weekend. But, man, I'm telling you, um, Auburn's got to find consistent shot making, and who is going to be their third guy? We'll have to wait and see, especially on the road. Yeah, Kentucky doesn't have Tennessee coming in. they got Bama coming in this Saturday. That's right. It's Bama. I knew it was somebody. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I couldn't remember. It was but, but either or, right? Yeah. Different styles. But Kentucky's going to score. But Alabama also has been beating people by getting stops and rebounding. Now that that's that game. That's the game this weekend. Apologize, I didn't have that you know already in my head. But like, yeah, man, that one is if, if Kentucky can take care of business tonight. But look, Gary, look at LSU's schedule. And and Baker didn't play well this weekend. Baker has emerged as an inside presence who can step out and make shots. LSU's schedule down the stretch is maybe as 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 vulnerable for wins as anyone. I mean, they got a pretty good draw. LSU could make some noise. I don't know if they can win enough games to get tournament ready or eligible, but they make a run to the finals. And you could have LSU creeping up as one of those teams. Also, that's being talked about is like a Texas A&M and Georgia trickle down. Alabama going to wind up winning this thing outright? The SEC championship? Or are they going to be in a tie? I think they're going to get a piece of it one way or the other. The they're going to get a piece. They're going to get a piece. Um, and it's there's going to be a game here or there. Um, that I just I love Sears. I, yeah, I me do. too. He's flying under the radar. Him. He's uh, flying under the radar nationally. It's a, it's a crime that he's not on these, these National Player of the Year watch list. But hey, don't get it twisted. He likes that. You know, I've known that kid a long time, watched his game a long time. Um, you know, being a North Alabama kid and what he's done, we've talked about it, the adversity he's gone through. He wants this. He invites that. And you know what? The team kind of has taken on that mentality. Um, I, I like this Bama team and I think they're as, as much of a fit as any Nate Oates team since he's been there because of the way they can spread the floor with versatile guys defensively that can guard three positions. Alabama, I do think, definitely gets a piece. I'm not sure I'm ready to say win it outright yet. I'll let you know after the weekend. When we get to the NCAA tournament, uh, there's so many, as you know, there's just so many variables. But I want to ask you, finish up on this about Alabama. Oates, what he's doing is, I'm I'm still amazed what he's doing with this team this year after what all he lost from last year, player-wise and staff-wise. Uh, you know, he's had Final Four caliber teams too the last three years. The Herb Jones team, they they got knocked out by UCLA in overtime in Sweet 16. Last year's team, they got knocked out in the Sweet 16 by San Diego State, which went on to the championship game. This team, going into the year, I, I didn't think they would win the SEC or Challenge Four. I thought they'd be good, but you you mentioned how you like this team. Do you think this is the team? Uh, if he gets into the tournament, they could, could could make that run to get beyond the round of 16 just because of the unique style in which they play and the matchup problems they give people? Absolutely. I mean, I I think I think I love the Herb Jones Petty. I, I mean, I love that group. Um, but I loved last year's team because Brandon Miller is the best offensive player of all the but. I mean, do, do you like the ball in Brandon Miller's hands or Sears' hands better coming down the stretch of games? I'm, I'm, I like I'm, it in Sears' hands, I, baby. I, I, I do, too. I mean, right, he's not number two pick, but he's just so smart. He's so um, – Brunson, is, it's a perfect comparison. Man, those guys are yeah, – those guys are a lot of players. Yep, yep. 
Except he, except Mark shoots it a lot better than Brunson coming out of college at this point. But the style, yes, yeah, yeah, it's cliche. It's about matchups, man. I'll have to see the bracket first. But there's not anybody in the nation that can 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 outscore Alabama, including Kentucky. I mean, the shot making of everyone collectively, the mentality of how many possessions we have. Most teams go out and make shots. All right, that's not Alabama's mentality. They're going out to get possessions and get more opportunities, however we have to, to get to take a shot. Alabama understands the value of getting to take a shot. Turnovers. The turnover part, though, if a team can pressure Alabama, their guards are small. Their guards are small. A long team, a physical team, a Houston, um, someone who can pound the offensive boards and then hammer you on the interior with a post-scorer, uh, like like a Purdue, like a Clemson, I mean, it's about matchups. Yeah, and they'll have to get through one of those games and one of those teams. But I think they can, dude. I like this Alabama they a, team. They need a favorite I love, matchup. I love hey, got to hit the break, Bart. Uh, next week, hopefully we can work in and, and talk some state tournament. But uh, uh, great stuff as always, my friend. Thanks. You the man, bro. See you. All right, 1053. We'll take a break, come back and wrap it up right after this. Go inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey, everybody, it's Gary Harris coming up Thursday on the Gary Harris Show at 9 a.m. We're going to talk Bama football with a special guest. Also, Jeff Spiegel from ABC 3340. Your phone calls and more. That's the Gary Harris Show Thursday morning at 9 here on Tide 100.9 FM at 1230. If you want to pay more, that's your business. If you want to save, that's our business. Tuscaloosa Hyundai, corner of Skyland and Hargrove. TuscaloosaHyundai.com. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, or visit meswins.com. I've got this. No representations made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another big warm-up today. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 69. Tonight, mostly fair with the low at 48. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy and mild. The chance of a shower by afternoon. Rain more likely tomorrow night, the high 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Eli Gold, Chris Stewart, and Roger Hoover live right here. Tide 100.9 is a proud partner of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. All right, it's going to wrap it up for the Gary Harris Show. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. We've got the T-Town Sports Daily coming up at 11 a.m. That'll be followed at noon by... The Miller's Edge, and then from 2 until 6, Fowler will take you home with the game. Catch me on TV tonight with the local sports on WVUA 23. And back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show at 9 a.m. Enjoy the sunshine. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll talk to you again in the morning. Thank you for listening to the 